0: it's time to talk about everyone's favorite subject when it comes to the orlando magic that dreaded offense we've got an offensive efficiency expert a shooting coach on the podcast today let's dive right in
1: you are locked on magic your daily orlando magic podcast part of the locked on podcast network Your team, every day.
0: And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 4th, 2022. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at underscore omd On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk all about the Orlando Magic's offense what, they can, what they're doing well, what they can do better, where players can improve their individual shooting. We'll be talking with offensive efficiency expert and shooting coach, Roger Galo. He'll explain a lot more about, about his credentials uh, coming up here in just a moment. But before we bring him in, we truly want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, right when we upload, no matter when, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, you can download us wherever you download podcasts, as well as stream us on YouTube. Without any further delay, let's bring in Roger Galo. Roger, thanks for coming on on the show. We truly appreciate you coming on here and talking a little bit about the Orlando Magic's offense, which has been an issue for them since essentially Dwight Howard left.
1: Well, thank you for having me on, Phil. I'm looking forward to this
0: absolutely um obviously uh you know we're sitting here looking at the stats and 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 i apologize um if his video looks frozen hopefully that will that'll come back up for those watching on youtube you should still be able to hear him uh on um on the podcast um we're, we're still we're still going audio here um but but obviously the magic are sitting near the bottom of essentially every offensive category this is this is a team that i think a lot of us came into the season understanding would be offensively challenged they don't have kind of the superstar players so to speak um, they've got a rookie head coach at that. Uh, what what are you seeing from the magics offense as kind of a, a jumping off point for 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 how to break down what this team is trying to do?
1: well, I, I see I see that they're they're struggling from the three ball um, in particular, but they're also struggling from that two ball area. Now if you're struggling from those two areas, and I, I think they're in the, I mean, they're at the unfortunately, they're at the very bottom of the league in those two categories. And when you're that challenged in those two categories, winning games is gonna become a very difficult issue. Um, The interesting thing by virtue of this unintended decade long journey that I've took that has been exposed to me is the frenetic style that I'm noticing, uh, particularly younger ball uh, teams. Seem to get caught up in. And some of it is predicated on the, the pure athleticism of some of these athletes that they've got on this team. Uh, you know, can these guys, some of these guys like Suggs, can they take it to the hoop? Yeah, it looks like they can take it to the hoop. Can they finish at the hoop? Well, not necessarily <laughs> as efficiently as most coaches or fans would probably like, but they're capable of going to the hoop. Um, some of the mechanics of shot making from outside can be Im- impacted by that negatively. Uh, that fren- I call it a freneticness. Uh, it, it, it's just that they're so gifted athletically, and they've bought into that that part of their game that oftentimes I've I've noticed that it's unmanaged at the most critical release point, for example, on a jump shot. And that jump shot could be a mid-range, a short-range, or even a long-range jump shot. Because all of a sudden, everything that led up to that moment, Phil, has to be really quiet and under control. And that's that's like a change of speed suddenly. And it's not something that conventional, traditional developmental coaches are – really almost aware of, unfortunately, Um, they don't see it as a, as as that kind of a detriment and that can make the challenge even that much greater.
0: Yeah. And and I, and I think that's, that's, that's a really interesting point you bring up because, you know, I, I think the NBA over the last decade, maybe decade and a half has, has become a much more development operation. Um, you go back and look kind of the heyday of the NBA, the 80s and the 90s, you're getting kids, uh, you're getting draft picks. They're not kids at that point, but you're you're getting draft picks that are three, four years into their college careers. And so they've done, you know, kind of a lot of this understanding of how to manage a game um, and a lot of this development outside of the NBA before they even come to the NBA. now. You know, you got, I, as you were talking about, you know, kind of guys struggling with the pace of the game, I, I keep thinking about RJ Hampton, you know, Hampton's obviously out right now with the, with the knee injury, but what we always say about RJ Hampton, incredibly gifted, talented players, one of the top high school kids in his class. Um, he opted to go play overseas in, Austra- in Australia for, for New Zealand, you know, the Australian league is, is not a nothing league. That is a very good basketball league.
1: Right. Um,
0: And, and. He comes back to the US and, and like the first thing that we noticed when the Magic got him last March and, and have noticed throughout the course of this season, um, is that he sometimes struggles to control his speed. Like the biggest thing for him is is he goes too fast. He's always going a hundred miles an hour and he gets in the basket and you know, kind of overcooks a layup. Or, you know, just the big thing that we've always said about him is once the game slows down for him, once he's able to learn how to control his speed, he's gonna be a really good player. But Learning how to do that at the NBA level can be a much more difficult prospect than maybe having to go through a second, even getting a second year at the college level to kind of understand how to manage your talents and and play at your pace. Um, That's such a, I I agree that I think that's such a, a big thing for young players to learn. And I think we see that a lot with a lot of the Magic's young players too, especially with kind of the stereotype that young teams try to play fast. They try to get fast breaks. They try to, you know, play a million miles an hour. And yes, you want to get fast break opportunities when you can. Those are easy points. But if you're not playing under control, you run into trouble.
1: That That's very, very. I happen to agree with everything you just said. Um, and I like the way you, you you framed it beautifully. It encompasses a lot. And um, to, what what's difficult for some of these players to do is realize that there's a difference between – there's a part of the verticality of a shot that cannot be ignored while you're moving laterally. And that's that's connected to that footwork that you're talking about. And believe it or not, um, that can take it to the rim mentality, which coincidentally – my day the the mantra it was the single most take let's get a high percentage shot what did that mean that meant let's take it to the rim get that layup well
0: or get to the gonna, foul this, line
1: <laughs> the, well this is going to come to us as a shock to audience, the audience of yours out there um, for a guard taking it from out there 25 feet, 28 feet to the rim, knowing there are some seven footers down there, some big bodies that might not, might have 70 or 80 pounds on you, taking it to the rim and trying to finish might not be a, as high a percentage shot <laughs> as we once referred to it as. Now compare that to uh, 30 feet out and the, there's only one defensive player, there's not another set of feet. <laughs> Another set of hands <laughs> within 20 feet of you to the right of you, 20 feet of you to the left of you, 20 feet south of you, and you've got one player only standing between you and a jump shot that far out. That's a pretty easy, almost effortless kind of shot. It can be. But when you you have this freneticness that you've grown up on as a young player and you're so peacefully gifted athletically, it's hard to understand that pain has to under my control for the benefit of not only me as an individual player, but for the entire team's benefit.
0: Yeah. And, 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 you know, you know, Orlando magic coach Jamal Mosley has talked all year, kind of the the three tenets of his offense that he's trying to trying to build in, in this young team. And, and you know, look, everyone with the magic understands that this is a, this is a growing process that, the, you know, this season is about, making mistakes, developing, learning from them. it's it, wins and losses isn't how we're judging this season as, as much as a zero sum game as as a basketball game is. um the three the three tenants that he talked about throughout the offseason is kind of built up for this for the season um is he wants his team to play with pace, so he does want them to to play quickly and to move quickly, um, because that's you know if you're you're standing still, an NBA defense is going gonna close out close in on you pretty quickly. Um, he wants to play them to play with the pass, so he wants them to move the ball uh, to, to create offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wants them to uh, play play for each other. So again, a lot of a lot of those kind of simple, you know, very easy basketball concepts. But you know, you talk about a, a team playing with pace. Um, you know, as bad as the Magic have been for, throughout the course of the season, the last six games, which they are four and two, small sample size, I know. Um, they have been a lot better. I believe they're eleventh in offensive rating in that time. They're second in the league in assists per game with t- I think twenty nine point two assists per game over their last six. Um, so this team is starting to find find some things, and, and I think a big part of that is a, a lot of it is they're starting to control the pace. Um, yes, Cole Anthony is struggling to shoot a little bit, but he's moving the ball a lot. I, I know I've said on this show a number of times. I'm I'm not really looking at Cole Anthony's scoring line as much as I'm looking at his assists. If his assists are up, you you know he's averaged I think six uh, eight assists per game his last six games. Um, if he's up around 6, 7, 8 assists, that means, he, that means the ball is moving. It isn't sticking with him, even if he is missing his share of shots. Um, Jalen Suggs, I think especially, has been really good about getting the ball up the floor quickly. And, and a guy that I, I want to ask ask your opinion about now that we've talked a little bit about pace, guy who just really seems to play under control a lot uh, is Franz Wagner. Um, I don't know how much of Franz you've been able to watch, um, but just the way that he's able to kind of – Control his movements to get into the lane. I think he still needs to improve his finishing a little bit, but he's gotten a lot better with that as the season's gone on. He just always seems to play under control. Um, have you have you gotten a chance to watch any of Franz well, this I've
1: season? I've noticed that of late, in particular, and, and to your point about the what a what a, what an improvement. And and for your fans out there that may not be aware of it, we spoke just briefly earlier. Um, they were they were ranked 20, 22nd in the league in assists. Well, you just highlighted in the last six games. Boy, did they move in a big positive way. Uh, Franz, I I I like what he, I like that about him. It's it's almost as though he's allowing the game to come to him. It's is he's allowing things to develop almost in a um, a, a more natural uh, kind of way, and that's a, that's that's a good thing oftentimes to help a player mature as a basketball player. Um, and sometimes that takes a lot longer to do than what Franz is showing us of late. Um, I like that. I like that part. And that's there's a lot of these young players who could benefit from that kind of understanding of, of making the game a little less uh, forced an issue, a little less uh, stressing uh, uh, type style of play by allow by by not going into a move right away by by just taking a moment to to read what's happening and then that that level of assessment can happen in a very quick like fashion but you've got to you've got to put yourself in that mode of of maturity or that mode of thinking in order for it to be even allowed to happen i hope that makes sense coming through the yeah airway. yeah
0: i i I think it does. I mean, I think a lot of us have noted about Franz that he, 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 you don't, I mean, you hear, hear this said a lot about uh, on draft night, how, how their players are just, you can't speed them up. They're always under control. And, and I think what we've been really impressed about with Franz in his rookie year um, is his really high basketball IQ. Like he always makes the right cut. He, he rarely makes bad decisions. Like maybe he gets stuck a little bit on drives, but a lot of it's just kind of rookie stuff. Like, yes, he's a little, maybe a little surprised by how fast the defense can close out on him. But uh, by the same token, when he makes a move, when he when he gets into the lane, it, it doesn't matter what the defense is doing. It just seems like he's kind of playing at his own pace. And and I would note too that that Fran spent an extra year in college. He, he got a second year at Michigan. You know, yeah, playing for Jawan Howard. He's a very very good coach and an NBA guy at that. Um, that definitely helps. But at the same time, with a player that young, it feels like it's something sort of innate about how they play. How. What I mean, what can the magic do? What are the magic doing maybe to help some of these other young players kind of learn that kind of how to control their own pace a little bit, not get kind of get sucked into the vortex of just playing too fast?
1: well, I, I think to their benefit, the 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 core of coaches that they've hired, they they see the, the bulk of the the majority of the staff, from an outsider's perspective, like me, uh, with with my developmental background, Appears to be very strong in that area of player development. And as a result, uh, you'd like to think that they're exchanging ideas even amongst the staff members and trying to, and what an advantage that can be, rather than being stuck in your, you know, you're the key development player who's assigned this huge task of making so much work versus every, a, a lot of them having that ability that you can you can feel confident going up to and asking about what do you think I'm, I've been doing this is this what I should continue do you have any suggestions and that kind of sharing of knowledge is 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 probably going to show some huge uh, p- payoff in the future of this of this group of players uh it, it doesn't happen overnight but this is a little bit of those last six games, is a little bit of a glimpse of what, what is hopefully in store, down the road, and it's not going to be a intermittent thing. It'll eventually become the way we play, the pace with which we play. Um, you're going to see a lot less, uh, you know, catch put immediately go to a move because you're comfortable doing that. You've been doing it, and that's all you know. That's not going to be the type of style they're going to be doing in in. Uh, Maybe by the end, the near uh, March, the end of March. Yeah, yeah. You may see a, an entirely different pace, if you will, uh, and and each one of these players kind of flourishing as a result. I would like to think that that's what that's what I'm seeing in the last few games I've been watching of late. It seems to be coming together. That call it chemistry, call it uh, you know a, a more unselfishness, stronger buy-in, whatever you want to call it. Is is palpable?
0: Yeah, for sure, and 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 I think that's something that that we've been looking for and hoping to see um, from this team is just just hints of what they can be. And obviously, they have two guys getting ready to come back from from injury as well, uh, from major injury as well that they'll have to reintegrate into that group, um, and it could be a big impact. Um, too. we'll get we'll get into get into what to expect maybe from some of those guys from a developmental standpoint as they come back, as well as hitting on a few players as well um, with Roger. But first. Uh, I want to say a quick word from our pals at BetOnline. Um, Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on prop, pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online where the game starts. We're of course talking a little bit about the Magic's offense and we'll talk a little bit maybe about one way it's going to change um, pretty dramatically here perhaps in the next week because next Thursday, February 10th at 3 p.m. is the NBA trade deadline and the Locked On NBA podcast will have you covered live from 2 to 4 p.m. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales and Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to get analysis of every blockbuster move. Subscribe to Locked On NBA on YouTube and turn your notifications on so you know when they go live. Um, back here with uh, Roger galo, um a uh, 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 shooting coach and offen- offensive efficiency expert. um obviously this this is this is a young team. Um, we do have that trade deadline coming up. and 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 I think one of the concerns that i I have um as just a, as someone who wants to see this young team continue to grow, um is the potential that that two veteran players um are going to be gone, not just two veteran players, but perhaps the magic's two best shooters. we've We've talked a little bit about how, um, the Magic are not a great three-point shooting team. Um, that we we've, we've Magic fans have known that forever. Um, but uh what effect would losing a guy like Gary Harris or a guy like Terrence Ross, what effect could that have on this young team? And it's kind of burgeoning offense right now? or now that they're they're clicking a little bit offensively, what, what effect could losing one of those two got either of those two guys have on this group? Well,
1: I think one of the most obvious things that have come to my mind would be the 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 veteran-like status that they've earned, uh, the the wisdom that they can, the the as uh, of how we these young players are going to go through a roller coaster like like, like what we we've, we've witnessed prior to these last six games. You know, it's not going to be. And how do you deal with that? And that's, that, that's what those veterans can impart. Uh, maintain a level-headedness, uh, try to help them keep things in perspective. I mean, some of this is psychological uh, value that should not... Usually, if it's ignored, there's there's some kind of price to be paid for that somewhere along the line. Uh, and, and that's hard. to Sometimes it's tangibly noticeable. And sometimes it's not so tangibly noticeable, but it has an impact. Um, so I, that, that has to be addressed by some, somebody. Uh, maybe it can be through a trade if it's the right persona coming in, coming aboard. Um, you know, they, these are knowns. The guys you've got are knowns. The ones you bring in are not. As much as they their due diligence, they're not knowns. Um, The guys who are leaving know far more than anyone could probably truly comprehend uh, in terms of these other young players because of where they are currently, what they've only been exposed to thus far. and that's where that veteran mentality, knowledge, wisdom can be a, a pretty valuable. It can it can serve as a rock, a, a real strong foundation, the, the glue that keeps everything together under circumstances where it could easily, it kind of implode, cases. And you don't want that to happen when you, you're starting to get this kind of momentum. And, and like you said, it, it it can it can change soon. We're
0: only a week away. Yep, yeah, we're only so, a week away, and and, and, I, a... and I, yeah, and 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 I think I think the Magic have to be really fortunate and thankful to have guys like Terrence Ross and like Gary Harris. Um It's it's you know for better or for worse, the Ma- the Magic are le- are twelve and forty one. They they've got the worst record in the league. No one's hiding from that. Um it's really hard for veterans sometimes, I think, to stay engaged uh, in a season like that and to, you know, yes, I, I think veterans generally, they want to pass down good habits to young players and and, and they want to be good big brothers, so to speak, uh, for these young guys. But uh, especially, you know, Gary Harris has been in playoff battles. Terrence Ross has been in playoff battles. Those guys want to win. And both of those guys are at points of their careers where they want to win. And, and I'm sure, you know, they, they would welcome a trade and a, and a potential chance to go to a contender, just like perhaps someone that the magic are bringing in in a trade or a veteran that they're bringing in, in a trade. um, They're probably not going to be thrilled to be coming into a situation like Orlando's. Um, You know, I think Gary Harris viewed it viewed this the right way and and wanted to be a good mentor to young guys, but also needed the chance to get healthy again and to get himself and show that he was healthy. And and I think he's done that um, this season and, and, you know, his salary might be the toughest part uh, of a trade for, to to move him, but um, he, he's going to, be someone that I think a lot of playoff teams want on their team. Terrence Ross is going to be a, a guy that a lot of playoff teams want on their team. And the magic just because of where they are financially, because of where um, they are developmentally um, probably behooves them to try and help those guys, you know, those guys who've given up a lot of service and helped this team a lot, get them to winning situations and put them in advantageous points for their career. Um, even if that maybe hurts the, the, the core group a little bit at the moment, um, you know, obviously just their, their three point shooting is, is such a big deal, as well as their, I think, their calm and composure. Um, Gary Harris, especially, I think he does such a good job, I think, calming the team down at various points. And there's a reason why, um, you know, like he finished Wednesday's game against the Pacers, had, had, had you know, 24 points, I think, in that game, um, or 22 points in that game. Uh, just a big reason why they were able to, to come back and win that game late. And, and I do think you lose something if you don't have those guys around. I have to apologize to Roger and to all of you. Uh, Unfortunately, as I went back to edit the rest of my conversation with Roger Galo, um, we were, uh, uh, unfortunately the audio just cut out on his end. Uh, I'm sure it was a technical glitch on my part. So I do have to apologize to Roger. Um, We did get into a little bit more about how uh, the veterans are going to, the veterans can continue to help the magic uh, improve their offense and provide some stability, which is obviously something, you know, and we did chat a little bit uh, about Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac and how, uh, these recovery times can also be good for them to reinvent their shots uh, as well and, and get themselves kind of back on track offensively um, too, which we've of course seen with Jonathan, we've seen a little bit with Markel as well. Of course, we'll be waiting for them to come back here uh, in the next few days, but uh, I do want to, since, since I am, since I do have to cut back in here and, and fill the rest of the show, um, I do want to talk a little bit more about some of those offensive improvements that we hinted on earlier in the conversation. Um, You know, it's, it, it, the Magic's offense has obviously been a huge issue. They've been down at the bottom of the league. I think they're still 29th in the league in offensive rating. They're essentially one of the worst three teams in the league in, in almost any offensive category that that you can find. Um, uh, that 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 you can, that you can find any, that you can find anywhere. So um, it's been um, it, it, it's been a rough year offense. It's been a rough decade for the Magic offensive. They haven't been a top 10 offense in the league uh, since. Dwight Howard was here. I think the best year was 2019 with Steve Clifford, and they were still uh, in the bottom half of the league for the most part. But these last six games, obviously Orlando's four and two, so they're doing good things. There has been uh, some some very clear improvement on the offensive end um, for the season. The Magic are 23rd in the league in assists per game, averaging 27 assists per game. They're 11th in assist rate. So what that tells me, what that what that should tell you, is that yes, the Magic. Um, B, A, struggle to shoot the ball because they're not they're not moving the ball, but B um, most of their offense, most of their shots do come off of assists at least relative to the rest of the league. A good chunk of their their passing, a good chunk of their shots come directly from their passing. As Jamal Mosley would, would like to say earlier um, in in the season about kind of what his offensive philosophy is. The Magic are trying to play with the pass. It's a it's it's a long tired coachism, but very very truly that is what the Magic are trying to do. Um, we noted it, I think, a, 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 a month or so ago about the Magic's passing, kind of checking in on how the Magic were trying to play with the pass. Um, for the season, uh, so the Magic overall this year are 14th in the league with 282.6 passes per game. Now, that doesn't tell you a lot because um, you could overpass the ball, you can pass the ball without purpose. It, it, that doesn't tell you much. But the Magic are also 16th in the league in potential assists at 45.8 potential assists per game, according to data from second spectrum. So that should tell you that a lot of the Magic's offense is coming off of passing, off of being set up by others, off of playmaking. There again, really, it's really, really vital. It's not obviously where it wants to be. The passing could be a little bit more purposeful, um, could be a little bit more effective, but it's certainly a a positive sign. In those last six games, the Magic's offense has gone from 112.2 points Per uh, or the offense has gone from a really poor number around 108 points per 100 sessions, I believe, to 112.2 points per 100 possessions in the last few, in the last six games. Um, that is 11th in the league. So again, the Magic are starting to pick up their offense a little bit. They're averaging 29.3 assists per game, which is second in the league over everyone's last six games, and a 69.8 percent assist rate, which is also second in the league. Um, a point that I, I I really made and something to keep an eye on in these games. A point that I made with and uh, my conversation with Roger is a really underrated part of a, a good kicking shots is a good pass. Do you catch the ball cleanly? Does it come right into the pocket? Are you able to go straight into your shooting motion or into a triple threat uh, motion? Just kind of real basic stuff. And, and, and as I told him there, there's really no way to measure any of this. There's no way to say, uh, this is, this is happening, you know, this way, or this is, this is what it is. It's something you have to observe and something you have to watch. It's something that I noticed, when this magic, when the magic offense gets stuck, it's because they have to stop and reset. Whether it's a bad pass, whether it's unable to get in, getting around the screen, like one of the big problems the magic have is dealing with switches. Because you know Cole Anthony coming around to Wendell Carter screen, there's a switch. He has to kind of reset himself to attack the big that's now switched on to him. That creates an isolation. That's not what the magic are good at. They don't have guys to operate in isolation and really attack the basket. So that's not who this team is. This team needs to thrive on its passing. And that's what's happening now. This Magic team is also very, very balanced, and so you see a lot of the Magic's offense. A lot of the Magic's offensive success has come when the ball is shared, when everybody eats, as, as Bradley Beal would like to say. Um, you know, last few games, Magic had numerous players score at least ten points. Um, even though Cole Anthony is struggling, like I've been saying in my box score reviews, at this point, I'm no longer watching, um, watching for Cole Anthony to. Hit uh, a certain point total or hit a field goal percentage total. I'm looking for him to hit an assist total. Can he get uh, uh, enough assists? Can he build um, the passing and the assists that he needs to be successful and for him uh, to, to 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 help this offense move? Um, you know, it, there's obviously a lot of work the Magic need to do. Um, you know, the, the the prospect of potentially losing Gary Harris and Terrence Ross will eventually could, could potentially take away. Um, some quality shooters from this team and take away some much needed offense from this team. And and I think that's going to be a major adjustment, not just from the fact that you're losing veteran guys who know what they're doing, um, but you're losing um, some key player. You're losing uh, just key key people uh, and key floor spacers as well. And certainly Marco Fultz and Jonathan Isaac are not known shooters. Um, Those are guys that have had to really work on their shooting form and improve as shooters once they've come to the NBA. And it's obviously been very, very, very difficult. Um, We'll, we'll close the show a little bit, talk about this weekend's games against the Memphis Grizzlies and Boston Celtics coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pal, Bill Bar. Look, January's already over. That new Those New Year's resolutions might be done already, but don't give up on them. Please don't give up on your New Year's resolutions. It's still February. There's still 10 months to go to get done what you need to get done. Don't let a momentary setback get you where you need to be. Get back on track. Eat the right way. This is something I need to do because I love my sweets too. Get on your Built Bars. Eat your Built Bars. It's the the easiest way to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, and you'll want to eat it, and it won't kill you in the calorie count. We all need chocolate in our lives. No shame in that. Chocolate's delicious, so make sure that chocolate is productive. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They taste great, and most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that. To a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. There's so many great flavors to choose from, too, like coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited-time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Your line of magic with the rare home back-to-back this weekend before they hit their West Coast trip, their final big road trip of the season coming up st- starting on Tuesday. They'll travel to Portland on Monday. They'll take on the Memphis Grizzlies and the Boston Celtics on Saturday and Sunday. So just tomorrow, very, very excited to see a magic practice for a change. Um, but uh, but and probably the last practice before the All-Star break at this point too as well. So, you know, last practice A with perhaps Terrence Ross and Gary Harris, but also last practice before the all-star break. Um, so, you know, hopefully we'll see some, some. We'll, def- we'll probably see some changes the next time the Magic all gather together. Um, obviously Memphis is playing is one of the best teams in the league right now. They're, they're playing exceptionally well. John Morant is a dynamo and it's going to be a real big test for the Magic's defense. Um, you know, I've put some, de- those defensive numbers out there. I, I believe the Magic have been playing some much better defense, obviously not the last two games, um, but they have not faced, necessarily a guard as dynamic as John Morant is. Um, Obviously they had Russell Westbrook, but he's not John Morant anymore. Um, uh, It's going to be a real big challenge and and a stress test on the Magic's bigs to play, um, you know, kind of the frenetic style that Morant plays. And obviously Memphis is a very, very good team. Um, You know, one of the better teams and it's going to be a real challenge for the Orlando Magic to to hang tough with this team. It's going to be a really interesting little mini home stand here, these these two games coming up this weekend. Obviously, the Boston Celtics are a team the Magic have struggled with in the past, um, dealing with their own injuries and their own inconsistency issues. Um, the last time they played, of course, Jason Tatum did not play. Jalen Brown still dropped 50 on them, um, came back from a 14-point deficit late in the fourth quarter. So if the Magic have, have any pride and any energy left, um, that would be a game to, 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 to really kind of focus in on and get the job done. Tip-off on Saturday is at 5 p.m. Tip-off on Sunday is at 6 p.m. As the Magic continue to get closer and closer to the All-Star break. And, of course, that big West Coast trip starts next week. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Again, I apologize for the technical issues, and you didn't get to hear the back half of um, my my conversation with, Rich, with, uh, with Roger Galo. I, 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 I truly apologize for that. Um, you can find Roger on Twitter. Let me pull up his Twitter account so people know where to find him if they're interested in learning more about the Galo method. It's at galo method g a l o m e t h o d on Twitter. Um you know, he's a, he's a shooting coach and offensive efficiency expert. He has a, a a shot program that that's different from what a lot of people teach. Um he's very, very, very into into kind of learning how to optimize shooting technique. Um, and and he's been a, a shot coach and a former former uh, former player at the highest levels as well. So um, definitely was very happy to have him on. Apologize apologize that you didn't get to hear the last half uh, of the conversation that we had. Um, hope you still got a, a good picture of uh, what he can bring, and hopefully we can have him back on the show very very soon. You, of course, follow me on Twitter at philipr__md. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. I want to thank you again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Phil Frost and will See you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.